0: Welcome to the PSDCast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumber, and on today's episode, we're discussing a topic near and dear to many of your hearts, America's power grid. We've heard a lot of talk about the smart grid and the Energy Independence and Security Act of 2007, which launched the incandescent light bulb ban, also laid out the first official definition of the smart grid in the U.S. And the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, aka the stimulus bill, invested $4.4 billion in in grid modernization, but a lot of work remains. Our modern electrical grid, which includes 450,000 miles of high-voltage transmission lines, remains vulnerable to hackers, severe weather, and other disruptions. And here to talk about these challenges is Keith Farris, uh, the Chief Technology Officer from Allegro Development. Um, Welcome to the show, Keith, and could you give our listeners some brief background on Allegro?
1: Sure. Thanks, Jason. So yeah, Allegro is a, a software company. Um, we're about 30 plus years old. Um, and, and what we primarily deal with is commodity trading and risk management. And so we we sell software to a lot of customers who operate in and around the grid, both in the U.S. and internationally. And so, um, you know, lots of our customers uh, run power utilities, power plants, gas fired, coal fired, um, as, as well as customers both upstream and downstream of that.
0: Uh mm-hmm. huh. And could you summarize some of the biggest problems plaguing our modern electrical grid?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, <laughs> so. The biggest problem is that it runs every day, right, which makes it really hard to, to make change to. Um, you know, I think some of the problems that, that we see. Um, you know, number one is it's very geographical and regional based, right? There's, you know, there's no mm-hmm. single entity or business that owns the entire grid, and so what you end up with is, you know, by region or by kind of jurisdiction, um, you know, you may upgrade in Southern California much faster than you do in the Northeast, and so companies that are, that are on on a national basis have to deal with, you know, kind of differences across the grid, and then certainly, you know, the the amount of money that's available to invest. Um, you know, who who owns the grid and and who's going to drive that investment is is very different. And so you can only upgrade if you've got the the funds and the backing to do that, which typically means you've got to make some type of rate case or some type of of explanation to a group of investors as to as to why that's needed. Um, And there's always a question of, you know, is it needed this year or next year or 10 years from now? And that's always a difficult question to answer because you don't really know when when something's going to fail, you know, nor do you know... uh, very well, you know, where, where growth is going to occur. There's lots of projections about growth, but it's very difficult to stay in front of all of that. So, you know, there, there's lots of kind of small problems, but, um, you know, but they add up to a, to a really big problem that really has a, a giant dollar figure tied to it, um, you know, to, to upgrade and modernize the grid.
0: Right. Uh, well, you just, you just sort of touched on what I'm about to ask you next, but why is it so important to upgrade the grid? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I
1: think there's, there's a number of reasons that it's important to upgrade. Um, I mean, the obvious one is that we need the grid to keep running, right? The, you know, the, the entire uh, U.S. And, and, and the global economy is based on needing, you know, whether it's manufacturing or it's, it's data centers or it's just keeping the lights on at your house. You know, we, we need the grid to run every day. Um, there, there's obviously growth, uh, you know, across the U.S. In, in any number of sectors. And so, you know, we, we need, need the grid to keep up with that growth. And to be more efficient, right? You know, there's regardless of, of where you sit on, on various debates about, um, you know, renewable energy or, or you know, global warming or global cooling and all those trends. Regardless of that, there, there's definitely a, a desire and a need um, for the grid to run more efficiently, right? Which really just means can we produce more power for less cost and less resources? Um, you know, whether that's gas-fired, coal-fired, um, nuclear, wind, solar, any of those things, right? And so um, needing the grid to keep up with, with both the pace of change or the rate of growth in the U.S. as, as well as technology advancements. Um, and then, you know, certainly, you know, as, as – um, as our economy becomes more and more, you know, computer-oriented or, or, you know, you can talk about things like artificial intelligence or robotics or, or automation, all of those things require electricity to run. And so, um, you know, again, the grid staying in front of that becomes becomes really important. And then, you know, our, our ability to monitor all of that, you know, there, there's certainly a global security or a national security concern, um, you know, whether that's, that's physical harm to the grid or it's, you know, it's more uh, computer-based or hacker-based. Or, or, you know, whatever form you want to look at that in. But there's there's absolutely a security element to the grid. Um, you know, so I think all of those are, are reasons that, that we need to upgrade and, and, and you know, kind of stay in front of, um, you know, the, the coming trends.
0: Right. Now, we, we've already seen some funds earmarked for the smart grid, but we're not there yet. And as you touched on, um, the different political parties have very diss- dissimilar views on the smart grid and renewable energy um, but I think they do both want to get there to um, a well-functioning, uh, efficient, smart grid. It's just how to get there, that, that, that's the question. Um, but we're, we're, we're focusing here more on the physical deployment of the grid and the associated infrastructure. So that said, what sort of roadblocks uh, stand in the way of upgrading the grid?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, th- there's probably a few. Um, in, in my mind, probably the biggest is, is simply who's going to bear the cost, right? Um, you know, certainly if you're at the, the front end of an emerging technology curve, like a smart grid or or the Internet of Things, being able to adopt some of these newer technologies, the, the upfront cost is certainly higher in the early days of that, right? And so on the one hand, no one wants to be first and and bear all of that cost or all of the inefficiency and all the lessons learned. They'd rather be second or third or tenth. Um, but they all realize that they need, you know, they need the things that come from a smart grid. They they need an ability to to monitor stations or to monitor lines uh, more proactively, more more real time, and get in front of maintenance curves or get in front of growth curves, you know, in, in an industrial market or, or where you know where people are moving in and out of, of suburban areas. And so they have a they have a need to do that. Um, and so I think you know the the single biggest factor uh, in my mind is the cost, and then you know once you once you kind of get through the cost then it becomes a question of you know who's going to test that out and and, and how are you going to go live with some of those those first things because in in many cases um you know, who owns the lines and, and who owns the physical infrastructure of the grid is different than the people who are transacting power um, or, or buying and selling that to commercial and industrial customers or manufacturing entities. And so there, there has to be some type of, of adoption or consortium that says, okay, we're, we're all going to agree that the type of telemetry coming off the grid is this, and we can use that in some sort of, of useful way. And then you get into the security questions of, okay, who owns that data? How do you secure that data? Um, you know, because ultimately, you know, you're you're doing all of that for the purpose of running the grid more efficiently and, and, and with less downtime and so you know all of that data coming out should result in okay you know the inputs back to the grid in terms of, of how fast we're spinning up power plants or or where power is, is being moved to and from. All of that has to go back to the grid and so there's a lot of people involved, a lot of companies involved in doing that. And so you know it's it's not just one company that says, okay we're going to we're going to invest in some part of the grid but but typically that company owns owns the lines or they're responsible for the lines, but they have a lot of customers a lot of and a lot of regulating entities, um, whether that be national regulatory bodies or state and local regulatory bodies that all have to agree on you know what what is it we're going to do and how are we going to do that and to get that many people to
0: agree um, is is a very hard thing to do Of course, of course. and once we do get past those impediments that that you just mentioned, how would um, consumers benefit from a well-functioning smart grid and which areas of the country you think would see the most dramatic dividends
1: yeah it's a, it's, it's it's a good question I think you you split that in apart so you know the the first part of you know who's going to benefit or how does the consumer benefit um you know the thing that consumers you know, and being a consumer myself, the thing you'd like to see is is lower cost, right? So can I simply pay less for my electricity? Um, and, and so that's one thing that people would like to see. Now that's, in many cases, that's contrary to the upfront investment that it takes, you know, to, to upgrade the grid itself. And that, you know, I referred to the rate case earlier, there's kind of this constant tension of, okay, it, it's gonna take billions and billions of dollars to, to implement some of these things. Someone has to pay that upfront cost and, and that tends to get then passed on. On to consumers, whether that consumer is is you and I at our home, or it's a business or an industrial park or a manufacturer. Ultimately, all of those consumers are, are going to bear that cost for some period of time, um, you know. But but hopefully, you know, it's spread across a large enough body, and there's enough efficiency gained in you know in, in running the grid and, and producing power, you know, more efficiently that, that ultimately the consumer gets cost savings out of that. Um, you know, the, the second thing that I think consumers certainly, if you're a if you're a, a, a business entity, a manufacturing entity, or, you know, one of the big things today is data centers, you know, the, the Amazons of the world, the Googles, the Microsofts running these massive data centers all over the country, you know, to them, uh, it, it's very important to get um, good quality, meaning that, that there's not going to be downtime or meaning that, that you know, the, the mean time between failures of, of different units or different parts of the grid is, is going to go down because, you know, th- while they want to pay less for power, it, it's way more important that they keep their data center or their, you know, their, their, um, you know, their, their, their fulfillment center. If you're in Amazon, that those things have to be running, you know, efficiently all the time. And so, hopefully, as consumers, you know, eventually you get lower costs, but you also get, you know, better quality as as measured by less downtime and less, you know, less unpredictable things. Um, and, and then, you know, even l- the literal quality of the power. If you're, you know, if you're an in, in Intel running a, you know, a, a manufacturing site where it becomes really, really important that that the exact amount of electricity going into that facility is is, is predictable. All of those things should be benefits of the grid um, or, or, or of the smart grid. And then, the, you know, maybe the last part of that is the companies themselves that run the grid, um, you know, the, the more they're able to automate or or implement some of these smart grid things and they can get in front of um, – you know, predicting when a line is going to go bad or, or predicting when maintenance needs to occur or when when work needs to happen. They can do that on a much more scheduled and planned basis rather than having emergency outages. And, and whether that results in, in, you know, computers replacing humans or not, it certainly results in, in a, a more predictable Uh, pattern of work and and people benefit from that by by not having to, you know, to to react in kind of unnatural ways. So I I think all of those are are ways that that the consumer benefits um, from the grid. And, uh, you know, and then (laughs) I I talked so long I forgot the second part of your question. So remind me the second part of your question again. Oh, I
0: I asked uh, which areas of the country would see the most dramatic Uh, dividends, at at least at first, because I'm I'm assuming that we're we're going to – hopefully see the entire country benefit from a well-functioning smart grid, but at least at first.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the, the easy answer is the places that benefit are the places with either the most people or, or the most manufacturing or the most use of the grid, right? Because, you know, you're as an investor or someone who's, who's putting money into this, you're going to want to put it in the area that, that benefits the most people the quickest. And so that's going to be, you know, in the Northeast or, or on the West Coast or, you know, in in major hubs a Chicago or a place where you've got lots and lots of people as well as, as know. Um, um, mm-hmm. You know, lots of of manufacturing or business. Now, the other part of that, um, you know, you might also say, where do you have the biggest problems today, right? So, if um, you know, if you look around the country and say which which regional grids or which regional operators, you know, maybe maybe have not invested um, the most in the last five or ten years, and maybe therefore they're they're either the most behind the curve or or you know they've got the most at risk to lose. That might be another area where you know where investors say, yep, we want to um, you know, we we want to to invest in that part of the country. Um, I, I think the third thing that, that might influence that is, you know, you look at growth trends. You know, one of the big topics, uh, I, you know, in in the Wall Street Journal lately has been where is Amazon going to put their second headquarters, right? And and regardless of where you think that's going to be, it's going to go somewhere, and it's going to drive a lot of a lot of people, a lot of of second order businesses that want to follow Amazon to those places. And so when you see something like an Amazon that's going to put a data center, you know, it, you could, and I, I'm not predicting that this will happen, but you could sort of imagine that that someone like an Elon Musk says, "Hey, I want to be involved in that," and all of a sudden he's, you know, he's a pioneer in the way the electric grid and, and batteries and, and some of these things work, and so all of a sudden you get, you know, the possibility that that a major event like you know Amazon's HQ2 drives. You know, a lot of investment in a particular area of the country, right? And so, you know, I, I think those are all possibilities. But I think maybe to give you a, a concrete answer, it's likely, in my opinion, to be places like, you know, the 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 West Coast or the or the the Northeast, um, you know, or, or maybe the Research Triangle, where you've got lots of people and you've got high demand for you know for electricity.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, now, now you've spoken a lot about funding. And um, I, I think that will be an, an issue at first, uh, as it usually is with re- renewable energy, like you see with like lighting and, and uh, advanced technology vehicles and, and, and other technology of that sort. And speaking of funding, um, given the current allotment and any supplemental funding, um, how long do you think it will take to fully upgrade the grid, um, at, at least to where uh, most of the problems we discussed are no longer an issue? Yeah, wow.
1: I I have no idea, right? I think um, part of me says it'll never really be finished because, you know, let's say that it takes 10 to 15 years to cycle through most of the U.S., um, and, and apply some of these things. By the time you, you've gotten kind of, if you want to call it, first generation of a smart grid implemented, you know you're you're on to second generation. And so I, I think you're going to have this this kind of constant um, investment trend. Um, you, you know, and, and maybe after you've invested once or twice, or you figured out how to how to how to upgrade some of these components, it becomes cheaper and faster to do. Um, but but I I do think. Um, you know, e- even independent of the cost, you know, which is going to be enormous. Like I said, because there are so many uh, state and local and regional entities involved from a from a government perspective, regulating these things. Um, you know, I, I think I think it's going to be very you know very fast in some areas and very slow in other areas if there's if there's a lot of of regulatory oversight involved in those areas. And so, you know, you, you probably in in I don't know. 5 to 10 years you'll see something greater than 50% um you know of of, of the upgrades done but but I think that the tail may be very very long um you know certainly in in either areas that you know that have have a lot of regulatory concerns or in areas that don't have a lot of capital investment or or a lot of reason um you know to to drive some of those upgrades
0: mm-hmm. well uh thanks Keith for all, all the great information um I want to thank you for joining us today And uh, to our listeners, thanks for tuning in.